Hello, church. It's so good to have you here today. Good to see you. Good to be here. It's the best place for you to be on a Sunday. Now, here's the deal. My friend called me, Pastor Dustin, a couple weeks ago. He said, man, I, I, I need you to do something for me. He said, man, I'm going to be out of town. I need you to come speak at my church on November 14th. Well, here's the deal. It's today, November 14th. So I'm in two places, one time, time traveling, never done this before, but I'm stoked about it. Now, we are in a new series called Fearless. And especially at this moment in time, I think the church should be resilient. We should be fearless. We should be fearless on all the challenges that are outside of the church, all the things that we're looking at inside of the future. We should be fearless because we are a part of the body of Christ. And man, the body of Christ wins. That is for sure. But through the pandemic, so much fear, anxiety, all these things can happen that can really change our mindset to look from a small perspective, short-sighted perspective. But I believe God has plans and a hope and a future for us, plans to prosper us. And man, really change this city. And for us, I believe we got to be fearless to do that. Just like in Joshua 1, when Jesus is, or when God's speaking to Joshua, speaking about the promised land, the future, what he has ahead of them, he was telling them, be strong and courageous. What? Be fearless. Be an individual that's fearless. Know that I got plans ahead of you. Know that I have uh, prosperity ahead of you. Know that I got a future ahead of you. And I think that's where we should be today as a church. So through this series, we're going to be working through our mindset. What, how, who should we should be? How we should live. Living fearlessly in this moment in time because we got some good things that are part of Pearl Street Church's future. Uh, so on December 5th, we're going to release it launch it out. Big announcement. We want everybody to be there. Cool. So fearless. Let's jump into this today. If you want to take notes, you can write this to top, top uh, across the top of your paper. The real ones, the real ones, write that across the top of your paper. Have you ever been in that moment in time where you had to step up? Maybe it was back in, in school, a project, somebody dropped the ball, you had to step up, you had to come through. Maybe it was on a sports team or something like that. Somebody got hurt, you had to step up. Maybe it was in your company. You, your, your boss was, got sick, you had to do the presentation, stepped up. Maybe there's a responsibility, somebody was let go or somebody moved companies and you had to step into a role and a position to make sure the company was functioning well and you stepped up. You know, there's a moment inside of my life whenever the uh, young adults and students were happening inside of my parents' church and came to the point where they had to split those two groups and I thought they were gonna ask somebody else but my parents came and asked me and Heather, said, hey, do you guys wanna lead the student ministry? And I'm like, ah, ah, let me pray about it. But we prayed about it and said, man, you know what? Maybe this is our time. Maybe this is our opportunity. And we literally, Heather and I stepped up at that moment in time to care for some kids that they would know Jesus and do their best to make the, the best choices at their mo at their, in their life at that moment in time. And you know what? Working with students is a challenge in and of itself right there. But we enjoyed it. We did it. And little did I ever know uh, that the start of that, a yes, 15 years ago would lead to a moment like today that Pearl Street Church can be what it is and doing what it is doing with all the potential that it has for our city. On the other side of a yes and stepping up. You know, we're going to talk about a man here today named uh, Joseph of Arimathea. He's an individual that literally, you never hear about him before this moment. You never hear about him after Scholars don't even really believe or really understand where Arimathea is. There's no, like, we don't even really know where it's at. But there's this man that was from that place that comes in at a very critical time in the history 
uh, in history when Jesus' body is literally vulnerable. You can find in John chapter 19, it's a moment in time where Jesus is, he's taking his last breath, he's hanging on the cross, his body is literally vulnerable and Joseph would step in. He would step in and do something. He would take courage and do something whenever the literal body of Christ is vulnerable. And here today, the body of Christ is literally vulnerable. The body of Christ is vulnerable today. You know, there's a research group called Unstuck that they did research on church attendance right now in 2021. And what they show is 36% of people that uh, are, have come back to church since um, COVID started. So 74% of people that were going to church before are no longer in church today. Some of those reasonings is, man, uh, it's just irrelevant. It just doesn't impact their lives anymore. It's not a part of their rhythm. Um, they just watch online. You know, and I'll just tell you today, the online experience is never meant to substitute in-person services. It's always supposed to be a supplement. If we can't make it literally to be here, the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. You do not look at the body of Christ. Nowhere is the body of Christ referenced inside of the Bible as one individual off by themselves doing their own thing. It's always been a collection of people that have come together, that are united together, that have followed a specific set of beliefs, following Jesus, living something specific that has come together. And we cannot get away from that fact, COVID or no COVID. We gather together as the body of Christ. But a lot of people have got out of the rhythm. A lot of people are, are missing this connection in this community. And I believe it's truly a lie of the enemy to disconnect people. You can look in the book, Living No Lies by John Mark Comer. It's one of the plans and the ploys of the enemy to isolate people from the very place that could be a source of hope and help and healing for them. We're at a very vulnerable time inside of the church's history. People are disconnected from the body of Christ. And here's the cool thing, man. When, when we can look inside of uh, Corinthians where Paul would speak to the church in Corinth and he's speaking about the body of Christ and the multiple different pieces that make up the body of Christ and the specific things that God has brought together to form and fashion the body of Christ and some have greater importance than others, but God protects and whenever one's hurting, the whole body is hurting. He speaks toward this, but he says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says in verse number 27, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Amen. Every single one of us inside of this place are part of the body of Christ. And so we have the literal body of Christ that is vulnerable. And here today, post-pandemic, the, the physical body, like the, the, the collection of people, the body of Christ is vulnerable here today. People are disconnected. People, people are disoriented. People are... Um, the, the literal, or the body of Christ, the church is in a place where it's hurting. You know, in 2019, they said, uh, statistics show that more churches closed than actually opened. A large amount of pastors contemplating quitting ministry and a lot did. The body of Christ is vulnerable. And at this moment in time, and I think, you know, all throughout history, there's been moments in time where the body of Christ is vulnerable, moments in times where the church is vulnerable, but the beautiful thing is, is God has always strategically placed people 
at those moments in time when the body of Christ is vulnerable to rise up in the generation in order to lead, care, give in the body of Christ to make sure that the movement doesn't stop. And so let's look at this scripture here today in John chapter 19. It says this about Joseph of Arimathea. Afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, uh, he was a secret disciple of Jesus. It was because he feared the Jewish leaders, what the Jewish leaders would do, which we ultimately read the Jewish leaders would uh, sentence Jesus to death, would send him to be crucified. I mean, he, they sent him off. They called him a blasphemous or a blasphemer, sent him off to be killed. Anybody at that moment in time that was following Jesus would be in fear, but he was a secret disciple because he was afraid of their criticism. He says, ask Pilate for permission to take down Jesus's body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. Here's the thing I need, uh, I'll say here today. At this moment in time, he's never spoken of and he never spoken again after this. It's this one moment in time where the literal physical body of Jesus Christ is vulnerable and he steps out of the shadows. He makes a bold decision to say, I'm going to take courage. I'm going to be an individual that makes a decision and I'm going to step into the light and I'm going to do something. I'm going to ask Pilate, a man that was looking out for his own head, a man that didn't want to be, you know, criticized by Caesar, a man that was, you can sentence anybody to be killed at any moment in time. He had full power to do whatever he needed to do right now according to Roman rule, or right, right then according to Roman rule. And so Joseph of Arimathea had to make this decision on, I'm, I'm a follower of this man, Jesus. He's been sentenced to death and his body is literally vulnerable. What do you find? All the other disciples have scattered. They've all run. And this individual that had influence, had prominence, was an individual that had, uh, he was a businessman, he was a rich man. He's an individual that had something to lose is willing to step in and say, this man may sentence me to death, but I'm not gonna step back in this season. I'm not gonna pull back in this season. I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm gonna be a fearless individual and I'm gonna step up. And I think it's time for the church to step up right now, especially in this moment in time, in, in the life of uh, the church, in history, with the global pandemic, the madness that's gone on inside of our world, the political, everything else you wanna look at. The body of Christ is vulnerable. And it's time for us to step up, carry and shoulder the responsibility, take courage and protect the body of Christ. We're a part of it. We're, we're all a part of this incredible, we, can, we have a part to play in this to protect the body of Christ. So it's taking courage. Now, a couple of weeks ago, that courage piece of it is hard. You know, Franklin Roosevelt would say this, Franklin Roosevelt would say that courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. I love this statement because courage is this. It's not the absence of fear. It's making the decision to say what I stand for. I, I stand for something that's greater than what may, you know, this, this fear I have on the consequences on me stepping up. So I love how Joseph Aramazi is like, it may cost me, but I'm gonna step up. It's not the absence of fear, it's the presence of it, but I, I care so much. And you know, I, I thought about this the other day because we took the staff out, we all went paintballing. I love doing that with the staff, putting them in very tough positions, putting them in some situations where they get some pain. Oh, there's some sweat, I love it. And uh, I get to hurt them. Oh, I love it. So amazing. Of which I did on a lot of occasions. Made several of them cry by shooting them. No, literally, there was, there was two times specifically where uh, one of our youth um, or one of our, uh, our kids' uh, assistants 
was there and uh, she was, she caught me like vulnerable and I stepped out behind somebody, she caught me vulnerable. And when I thought I would be a man and like really like man up, like Rah! I screamed like, uh, like at a lower pitch than I normally would. More like a female, I'll say it that way. Okay, uh, so, uh, and then another time with Jared, I stepped out, same thing, screamed at a lower pitch than my normal. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, they have this thing called the gauntlet where you can line up in front of this building and individuals have the ability to run in front of that building as everybody that still has paintballs in their guns. I guess it's a way for them to get rid of paintballs they just get to shoot the people as they're going they're running across them it's like literally like maybe 30 feet out from this and I thought you know what on the face of this fear I'm gonna have some courage I felt it in me I'm like ah oh. now here's the deal I know at some point in time I've said something done something to one of these guys on staff that they've wanted to shoot me so I'm like what better time than this Now's my time. And I remember like, we, you have to line up there. And have you ever been in that moment in time where you're like, what am I doing right now? This is like the worst decision ever, but you got to take on this courage. I remember feeling it right then like, oh, I got this. Oh. So here's the video of what happened right here. Here it is right here. In that, those three seconds, I got shot 13 times. 13 times all over. I had a moment in time where the pain was so much that it didn't matter the courage that I had. I ducked behind, I ducked right behind one of those things. Halfway through, man, I just, my fight or flight, I flew. I flew away in Jesus' name and uh, it got serious. Now, that moment of courage, you know, you had to have that courage to step out and say, this is gonna cost me something, but I wanna do this. I wanna do this. I'm gonna make this choice right now to do this thing. And that's exactly what Joseph Arimathea had to do. He had to make the decision. This is going to cost me. It may cost me influence, but I'm willing to make the choice right now to protect the body of Christ. I'm willing to make that choice right now to protect the body of Christ. Now he's an individual that he grew up, he would know uh, uh, the Bible, he would know the Old Testament, he would know the Torah, but he may have read it at some moment in time, but little would he know at that moment in time that by him stepping up and, and caring and protecting for the body, doing what he, he, he needed to do with it right then, little did he know that he would be for, uh, he would be fulfilling a prophecy that was spoken 700 years before that by Isaiah. Isaiah 53 says he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal, talking about Jesus. He was put in a rich man's grave. What is it? Joseph of Arimathea is the man that steps into the picture at this moment in time that fulfills a prophecy spoken 700 years before and does something by taking his body and putting it in a grave. Here's the deal. It's divine placement. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, in frustration on our perception, on our placement inside of life, that we lose sight that maybe our very placement that we are in today is God-given uh, and God's design for our lives to do some very specific things that's according to his will, his plan, his ideas, that is completely different than maybe our perspective. Yeah. Joseph Arimathea had to sit in that moment and be like, you know what, this is what I get to do. And he probably didn't even know it at that moment in time that like this was spoken years before that. He's just doing like, this is something that's in front of me. This is an opportunity that I have. 
You know, Ecclesiastes 3 would talk about like not everybody that has the greatest gifts and all these things would, would come together. Ecclesiastes 9, sorry, would say, man, it's, uh, that he's observed that something else under the sun, that the fastest runners don't always win the race and that the strongest warriors doesn't always win the battle and the wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. But he says, it is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. Now, here's the deal. Joseph of Arimathea was in the right place at the right time. His life was placed there for whatever reason. He, he made the decisions inside of his life to, to, to gain wealth and, and, and have the wisdom necessary to sit on the, uh, on the council, the Sanhedrin, to be an, an influential, influential leader in that religious community. He made those choices along his journey that put him in a position to have that influence. He did that. Now, there's a, there's a chance opportunity here with this influence that he would have this opportunity. Ecclesiastes 9 would say, it's all by chance. Now, I would say this, the opportunity is by chance. But here's the deal. On the other side of chance, there's opportunity. Yeah. But on the other side of chance, there's a decision that we got to make to step into that opportunity. We have to be the individuals that choose that. You know, I love the book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, of Outliers. It's like these individuals had to have the opportunity in order to seize, seize the moment. They, they had to prepare themselves to be in the moment where they can then choose to seize that opportunity. And the same thing with Joseph Arimathea. He made all these choices by chance he's in this moment and then he chose. And I believe that's exactly where we're at. We got to choose right now to step up for the body of Christ. It's, I, I mean, maybe by chance that you're here at this opportunity, but I tell you, it's going to be by choice that we make a difference. And I believe it is our mandate and our responsibility as the body of Christ right now that if we know the value of the body of Christ, we have been impacted by Jesus, then it's our responsibility to see the vulnerability and make the choice to step up. You know, the second part of this is that I think it's time for us to care for the body of Christ. You, you look further down inside of this scripture and it says, uh, when Pilate gave permission for Joseph, uh, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the men who uh, had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and alloys. So here's two different individuals. Nicodemus has got, has, has the, uh, the ointments, the alloys. He's brought these things. Joseph Arimathea has paid for these things. These two individuals at this moment in time partner together to do something specific. The body of Christ is vulnerable. Both secret disciples of Jesus step into the equation and say, let's like partner together and let's do this thing to care for his body. So they literally come together and do this, pulling the body of Jesus off of the cross, taking these, these ointments and alloys and, and like, positioning or putting him on Jesus's body, doing this burial ritual, and then literally carrying the body to the grave. Like you think about like this savior, Messiah, God in human form, his body is present and you have the opportunity to care for that. Here's the deal. Both Joseph and Nicodemus had moments with Jesus that changed their lives. So much so that they were willing to step into the, the light, come out of the shadows, risk it all, step in and literally care for Jesus' body at that moment in time. Willing to give of their time at that moment in time. Say, we're going to take care. He's made such a difference in our lives. We're going to step in and care for his. Amen. 
And I believe that's the same thing that is true for everybody inside of this room right now, that each one of us, we've had moments with Jesus, moments where he found us whenever we were vulnerable, moments where he found us whenever we were broken, and he's brought us back together. He cared for us and loved us when we were broken. And here we are, we get an opportunity at such a time as this in history to step in the equation and say, we're going to give. We're going to step in and care for the body. What does that mean? We're going to come together. You got gifts. I got gifts. You got talent. I got talent. And we all make up the body of Christ. We all make it up. You can look at the body of Christ. I mean, you look at the different individuals in the New Testament. Multiple different individuals have different responsibilities, different gifts, different talents. When these individuals, the disciples, fled because they're like, man, what is going on? Our, our savior, our leader, our rabbi is dead. And they ran. These two individuals stepped in. But it's a moment in time where his body was protected. One scholar would say, you know, if there is no Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus, there is no resurrection. Now here's the deal. God is sovereign. He was going to raise him from the dead either way. But it's, it's one perspective to look at it. If they didn't do it, then who was going to do it? He may have just been thrown into the, the, uh, with the rest of the bodies and burned up, but these two individuals did something specific. Everybody has a part to play. That's essentially what I'm saying. Everybody has a part to play in the body of Christ. We all have unique talents for such a time right now. The question is, well, what is your talent? How can you care for the body of Christ right here today to give of your talent, be a part of this community, be connected to the house, be in here to give in this moment in time? What can you do? We're all, we have a part to play. You know, I find it fascinating inside of, uh, in, in Exodus, I was reading this the other day in Exodus, Exodus 36, and, and they're putting the, the temple together as they're out in the desert and, you know, the poles and the tents and the altars and so on and so forth. And I read this and I'm like, man, I, you know, I've read it before, but it just hit me. I'm like, man, there is like unique giftings that God gives at moments in time to do what he needs to do. And it would say this, that the Lord has uh, gifted Bezalel and Ohileb, <laughs> those awesome words inside the Old Testament that are no names. You name your kids that, that's going to be amazing. Uh, it says, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. I love this. The Lord gifted them to do what? Something specific to build the sanctuary. He gifted them to do something specific to build the church. Now we no longer, it's no longer a sanctuary, a temple, this thing that, you know, the God's presence dwells. It's the body of Christ. It's people coming together that God's presence dwells like, like here, but every person is gifted and talented to do something specific to build this whole thing right here. There's power in unity. Teams build the dreams. When people come together, man, we are much better together than we are apart. This beautiful thing that God has called each one of us, we are called to care for it. This is our responsibility to care for it. And if we care for it, we're going to step from maybe out of the shadows. Maybe we've been living on the sidelines. Maybe we've been disconnected. Maybe we've just been coming, attending, and leaving. And we've never really stepped up and said, you know what? I got a talent, and I want to serve. I got a talent. I want to give. I want to be a part of this thing. Everybody's got a part to play. First Peter 4 would say this, God has, made, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. 
Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. And amen and amen if you're, if you're me. Amen. You got to say it three times. But if you have a specific gift is what it's saying. Everybody's got a gift. You've got it. You better be doing it well. You, gotta, you better be doing well to serve one another and love one another. You know, sometimes we, we can look at the stage and say, well, I want that. We can look at the very prominent things. But man, here's the beauty. The body of Christ is diverse. There's so many people that are doing things all throughout our church community that nobody will ever know, but they're beautiful and they're honorable and they are helping build the church. And this isn't just about Pearl Street Church. We are one small C church. And I'll tell you, there's other small C churches all over the place. And there's people in those churches that are called at this moment in time to care for the body of Christ. God has called you here, divine calling, divine placement. You are in Pearl Street Church for a reason. It's not by chance. Here's the deal. There's an opportunity. Are you going to seize it? Are you going to step up? Are you going to seize it? Are you going to come into the light? You're going to show your talent. You're going to put out. You're going to be a part of this building of the church, Amen. protecting it while it's vulnerable. Are you that? Man, I remember going to uh, Colorado and we went whitewater rafting. And I mean, it, it really helped me understand the power uh, of teamwork. You know, there's a five foot two lady on the back of it. And uh, our whole family is there. They put the strong people on the front and then on the rear. And literally the commands were like, right, left, row. It was like crazy. She did it in, in like a lady voice. Uh, she wasn't like that type of person. But um, like literally we were going out in these category five deals and we would be going down the river and at different moments in time, she'd be like, right. And they're like, everybody on the right's like, yeah, you know, getting it to try to position it. And the whole point was each command uh, ha had a purpose to keep the raft in the right placement to keep it safe, everybody safe on the raft to head in the right direction. Well, I remember us coming up on the category five um, rapids and the lady on the back's like, here we are. You know, I felt like it was a little gladiator moment, like, you know, that moment. And uh, she's like, here we are. And she's, I think she called out like right or something because we were like headed towards her, like right. So everybody on the right's like, oh, well, all of a sudden my, my aunt just falls over the side. She wasn't my favorite aunt, so I wasn't necessarily mad about it, but um, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but all of a sudden her husband like reached in, grabbed her and threw her up and we were all like, oh my God. Like we freaked out for a second. It was like, oh my God, she could have like really been hurt. I mean, we're like right in those rapids. There was like a massive boulder in the middle of it that like created all this tension and turmoil and oh. But it was crazy because I mean, at that moment in time, I realized, man, this is the power of teamwork because as she's calling out these commands, if we weren't doing what she was saying to do, that raft could get off course and we could crash. It's the power of teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Everybody's got a part to play and there's power in everybody doing specifically what they're called to do. This is the body of Christ. It's time for us to step up and care for the body of Christ right now when it's vulnerable. The last thing I'll leave you with is, it's time for us to step up and give, specifically give. You know, you find inside of this story, these 75 pounds of ointment and alloys, that's a lot of money. A cave at that moment in time or a tomb at that moment in time is a lot of money. And I love about this story is Joseph of Arimathea looked at the situation. He's not looking at like, okay, um, well, what should I do? Uh, is it gonna cost me to, I don't know. I mean, he's not weighing out the, 
He's looking at it, he's like, man, my life is impacted. I have resources. I'm gonna purchase the 75 pounds of alloys and, and, and ointment. Everybody else that would be wealthy and rich and prominent at that moment in time would be like, that's a little extravagant, buddy. That's, that's a lot of money spent. That, that's about a year's worth of wages, a little bit more over a year's worth of wages. Just think about how much money was spent just on that. And then the tomb on the other part is much, worth much more than that. This is a family tomb. Years of his family would be using this tomb. It's, it's a large space and it was just, just dug out. And he's looking at like, okay, I got these resources. Well, I'm gonna give these resources to care for the body. I got a tomb. I'm gonna make this available for the body of Christ. Literally, Joseph Arimathea says, what can, what can I do? Yeah. Not what should I do? It's not under pressure. I'm like, oh, but what can I do? Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, when the body of Christ is vulnerable, uh, the church, the body of Christ, if you're a mature believer, this is a key moment in time. You're like, this isn't pulling away. This is stepping forward to say, I, sh I, I, can, I, can, get, I, mean, I can give more right now today. I already, I'm already giving. If you want to talk about tithing and, and, and giving, I'm already tithing 10%. God, God what, what should I do in this season? I can do this, but maybe what should I do? But what are you asking me to do, Jesus? What should I do? I mean, should I do more? Should I do 15%? Should I do 20%? Some of us, maybe 50% is what God is asking us to do. But are we going to give in this season when, when the body of Christ is vulnerable, when the body of Christ is in need? Are we going to be individuals that step in because we know the power of the church, the local church, and its ability to make a difference? We're going to give. You know, the Bible would tell us that, you know, um, in the tithing, you know, from the Old Testament, first fruits, bring in your first fruits. You know, as soon as you get it, we live in a world here today that oftentimes we live by giving leftovers to God. It's, it's we live our lives and we do according to our desire and our will and our ideas and our thing and building our stuff. And then we come to the end and we're like, well, what is there left over? And usually when we live in a leftover mentality, we live less than what God has asked us to do. You know, if we spend our days just going with the flow and no plan or no, no design behind it, oftentimes we say, well, well, let me pray at the end of the night. You get halfway through a prayer, maybe even a quarter way through the prayer and you're already asleep. Well, man, I'm gonna do my devotional at night, you know, as I'm laying down and you get occupied with something else. If you give God leftovers, more than likely you're not gonna live as you should, you're not gonna be connected like you should. And here's the beauty. When you set a plan and a design because of your value, you say, I got the courage, I'm willing to step up in this season. I'm gonna care for the body of Christ. I'm gonna be the person to give. You're gonna set a plan because your values are there. I value the body of Christ. So I'm gonna plan my life in accordance with what I value. So I'm gonna give God my first fruits because that's what God's asking me to do. I'm gonna give him what I should give because this is, he's giving me, he asked me to give over and above. And with that, I'm not gonna live a life where I'm giving God my leftovers, I'm giving him my best because he's made a difference inside of my life. At this moment in time, the body of Christ is vulnerable and man, this is a time to step up. Maybe you're a person in here that you've never given. Generosity has not been a part of your flow. Let me just tell you, there's power in what you release. God has already promised as you release out of your hand, you sow, you reap. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, is running over. This is what God has asked of his people. When you give, and we can't outgive God, when you give, 
You're trusting God by faith to say, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. You do what your word says you will do and bring back the blessing. It is a faith conversation. If you've never started giving, I would say today, of your resource, here's the power of it. Joseph Arimathea had to sacrifice. This wasn't out of his plenty. This was out of his life. He had to sacrifice. Sacrifice in money, time, influence. He's sacrificing his life to care for the body right now. He stepped out and you may have to sacrifice. I love the statement. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, uh, we got to give up things we love for things that we love more. And today we may, be, we may love things that bring no value to our lives, but we say we love Jesus, but we're not helping build the body of Christ and give towards the body of Christ, give towards the church. We, we say it, but we don't. Ask. So if we truly love it, maybe we got to give up a few things that don't add value. Maybe we got to reorganize some things and say, you know, we're going to give up things that we, we love, or maybe we even like those things but we got some resources towards them and we're going to give those things up to give towards what we love. We love Jesus. We love his church. We love the body of Christ. We want to step up right now and care for it and give towards it because we want it to thrive. Hey, the future of Pearl Street Church is (laughs) amazing. The future of this house is incredible. The future for this city is amazing. Why? Because you're here. And I know you're already right now. I hope I'm inspiring you to say, you know what I'm going to do? I feel God's calling me to do this. He's been speaking to you before. This message even stepped into your equation. And today you're like, it's time for me to step up. I just needed to hear this moment, man. God's already spoken to me here. He's spoken to me there. I've already felt the Holy Spirit leaning, you know, pushing on me over here. And this was just confirmation that, man, this is exactly what I need to do. And here today you're saying, you know, I'm stepping up. I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm going to protect the body of Christ. It's my time. It's my time in history. It's divine appointment. I'm here today to do for the body. You know you're right here. You're like, yes. This is just confirmation. And the future is bright because I know you're a part of this. We're a part of this. For such a time as this in history, Another time when the body of Christ is vulnerable, but I'll tell you, the enemy didn't know that you and I would show up. He didn't know that Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus would show up. He didn't know that we wouldn't. Here we are today, we're stepping up and the body of Christ is going to thrive. This will be the place where lives are transformed. This will be the place where marriages are restored. This will be the place where we raise our families and it's because of our investment. So I pray today, wherever you can, step up. Where you feel God leading you, step up. It's time to protect. Wherever you can, care for the body. Step up. You got talent. Be a part of the team. Wherever you can, step up and give for the body of Christ. Amen. It's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. So let's pray today. God, we come to you, Lord. Father, we know at this moment in time, in this moment in time in history, our lives aren't by chance. Our lives are by design. And Lord, we make a choice here today to to say we will step up at this moment in time to protect your body, to care for your body and give towards your body. God, we will be people that are marked by Jesus and are willing to leverage what we have in our workplaces, leverage what we have in our world here today, leverage what we have in order to protect your body. And even if it costs us money, time, resources, influence, God, we're willing to step up at such a time as this to make sure that your church is thriving. This isn't a season to survive. This is a season to thrive. Father, I pray today that, Lord, you're putting it on the hearts of every single one of those that are part of our church community, 
that if they'd been in the shadows, they would do as Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus and step out and Father, step in, maybe to their divine destiny. Father, they'd step in to do maybe what they've held back from doing, God. And maybe as you, they release out of their hands, you, you begin to release what's in your hands on their life. Father, this would be a moment in time where they come out of the shadows. Father, we pray that you would bless this church. Bless us, God, as we move forward. We step into the future. All the things that you have for us, God. We celebrate what you've done. But Lord, we live here today expectant for all that you are going to do. May you bless us. May you pour in your favor on us, God. And Father, may you make a way where there seems like there's no way. May our city know you. May our city feel you, Jesus. May our city forever be changed because of what Pearl Street Church is doing, stepping up at this moment in time. And it's in your name we pray. Come on, can we say amen and amen and amen.